Hello everyone, welcome to Talk Talks. Uh, my name is Andrew Kistner, I'm your host for the Oxford Center Talks. And today I have Dr. Tammy Peterson, um, who is the founder and CEO of the Oxford Center. And uh, today's gonna be a, a neat episode. Uh, we're actually gonna talk about why Tammy started the Oxford Kids Foundation. Um, as many of you know, we do have, um, uh, Tammy started a, a kids foundation. Uh, it is very close to me and my family. Not only am I on the board, which came several years later, but uh, my daughter Gracie was a recipient of, of two grants uh, in the past, and you know I attribute um, a, a lot of her success, if not all of her success, really to those those grants through the Oxford Kids Foundation. I, I always say, without the Oxford Kids Foundation, Gracie probably would not be walking at this point. So um, it means a lot to me and my family. And later on, I was asked to be on the board, and I absolutely love it. Uh, we do all kinds of different events, and we uh, we help a lot of families. Uh, every single year, and so I wanted, since it's kind of the month of Giving Tuesday, um, you know, after after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, I wanted to have Tammy on, and kind of get the story behind why she started the Oxford Kids Foundation. I've heard it before. Uh, we might both cry. We'll see. I don't know how <laughs> it'll go, but um, it's it means a lot to to all of us here. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Do we ever do a talk talk without crying? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you, you put start... the two of us together. It is. It's not good. We're very emotional people when it comes to, I don't even know how to, how to say it, others. Well, and it's both you know? of our daughter's right. journey. Right. I mean, Absolutely. So we both have that real, right. you know, it's it's for, it's real yeah, when it's, it's your own child. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I, I do all the, re the recordings of testimonial videos and, you know, the parents are sitting there telling me about their child and how they got their child back, you know, um, or some progress. And, and I'm just... <laughs> they're interviewing, yeah, you know, they're not even crying, talking about it. No, I, I don't know. I, it, it, when you can help somebody, um, it gets to me. Yeah. You know, when you hear a story of, of success, of changing somebody's life, it gets to me every time. Yeah. So I can't stop. But I think anyway. we have the best job on earth. We do. We absolutely have the best job. We have the best team. and We do. What a blessing to be able to give back to others. Absolutely. We get to serve in such an amazing capacity. We really do. Yeah. Uh, we change a lot of lives yeah. you know, at the Oxford Center, and a lot of times the Oxford Kids Foundation is the one helping. You know. Yeah. And um, what's really neat is the people who donate, they are part of changing yep. these kids' lives. Every dollar helps change a kid's life. Yep. So they don't even have to be here and see it. Right. They can just realize that their donation, no matter how big or small, really does make a huge impact on these kids. Yes, and we have some, uh, we have a couple people that do reoccurring donations, mm. and they're for, the, they're for small amounts, and they have no idea mm. the, the value that that has. Oh, yeah. Um, and I absolutely love it. I see those come in every single month. I'm like, I'm not even sure who this person is, but I love them. That's, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. um, they're from all over. Uh, you know, people I've never met before, you know, donate every month. You know, just little small amounts, and I, I, love, I love it. So It's humbling. It is. It really is. Um, so talk to me a little bit, go way back when, uh, <laughs> on why you started the foundation, why you felt it was, it was necessary, why the need was there. Well, I'll say start with, you know, when I opened the company. Mm -hmm. So you've heard me say the story before yeah. with Gianna, and, you know, it was hyperbaric, so I gave me my daughter back. Right. And I always say the worst time in my life was when I really had this hope for the hyperbarics. Nobody believed it would help her. I had no doctor backing me, no research really, because her case was so unique. And the hospital finally agreed to treat her, but the down payment was $72,000. <laughs> and I remember going, okay, if it's not nailed down, sell it. <laughs> right. Um, 
you look and suddenly I realized I had nothing. Yeah. And my parents said they would try to sell their house, um, but I knew nothing would come fast enough to sell her save her life. Right. And I think that really had a huge impact. Now, I was very blessed. We were able to secure the fund. She started, literally gave me my daughter back. Yeah. Um, changed her life. She had a recovery like none we've ever seen. It was fast and full and incredible. Right. But that drove me to open the clinic and I'm like, okay, we're gonna keep prices down as low as we can. I always kind of thinking, I don't want it over a credit card payment. You know, right. How can we make it so it's affordable? And I know that's payments, but at least it's, it's as affordable as we can. Right. And my first probably year to year and a half, I found, um, I was probably not being a smart businesswoman. <laughs> I saw these families, I loved them, and I kept giving it away. And then I started fundraising on the side to help them with their other therapies because I realized these right. families were driving here for one therapy, then going here and going here, and they're losing precious time. They can't keep up with the money. Um, then you realize that these kids are outgrowing their car seats and they can't afford the van. So yep. I started helping fundraise for somebody to get a van whose child was way too big for a car seat. Right. And I was spending all this time kind of spinning my wheels, not, and I was working at that point two other jobs trying to keep the company afloat. And I had this amazing family, um, Dave and Kim Strange. Okay. I was so blessed to treat their daughter, Brianna, who I still absolutely love today. Right. She's like one of my most favorite persons in the world with her lovely attitude on being happy and serving yeah. others. But Dave sat down and he said, you do know you're going to run your business in the ground and you're not going to be here to help anybody. Yeah. That's what got me. And he's like, you're not going to be here to help people. And I'm like, okay, I need a different strategy. So he actually talked to me about starting a foundation. I'm like, okay, I can do that. Um, and so I can remember um, looking at starting a foundation and the lawyer fees were astronomical. We didn't right. have the money for it. Um, didn't honestly have $1,000 for it. So I got on the phone and called the IRS. <laughs> and I found this IRS gentleman who was the nicest person. I still keep contact with him on LinkedIn. I, I love thought, it. thought I was going to send him a Christmas card. He spent a, probably at least 20, 30 hours with me helping me learn how to do all the paperwork for the foundation. So right. I thought the IRS was bad. This guy was amazing. And um, he actually helped me get the paperwork. So we got approved December of 2010. Yeah. And so um, Dave and Kim came to me and said, we're going to do a fundraiser. And I'm like, great, spaghetti dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of my idea. Um, and they're like, we're going to do a gala. I'm like, hmm, don't know how to do that. And if I could take you back, Andrew, to our first gala yeah. and how we did things. Bless our Dave and his friend tried to write a program for us to do so we wouldn't have to pay for anything. Right. We got, um, like we ran the auction. We got amazing silent auction hired an auctioneer, like we're trying to do everything really up to snuff. In the, we always said the back of house, we had no idea what we were doing, but we raised about $40,000. That's awesome. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and so um, then we started, kept growing the foundation, but it, they were really a big inspiration, I think, just saying, if you wanna be here to help these people, you can't give it all away, it doesn't work. It doesn't. And, you can't fundraise for every other therapy they're doing. Now we can. Right. And um, so we've been here, the company's been here since 2008. So we did survive giving everything away for a while. 
Um, we still, the company, when we get donations, we still match them right. with free care to kids. Right. So that's our give back. Right. But it's, it's just really a blessing now to be able to know the foundation is there to help. Yep. Um, we've given away, what, one and a half million dollars yeah. so far? Yeah. It's, um, we get a lot more in grant requests, but we've granted uh, about a million and a half dollars. That's, that's, that's impressive. And it's all volunteer run. Right. So we really have no expenses. Yeah. Um, luckily, the staff here right. um, does a lot of the work. Yep. Um, so we don't have staffing cost. We tried to hire somebody, but we just don't, we don't bring in enough money to really right. have an employee. Right. And Talk to me a little bit about what makes and why you set this particular foundation up. So how, what makes this foundation different um, as far as what it covers? Um, and then why did you set it up that way? Well, first I'll say what's different is we really have no overhead cost. Right. I mean, that's huge. You look at foundations when you really look at how much money is actually oh, yeah. going. It can be right. 20%, you know, 80% of that money you're giving is going to administration fees. Yep. And so I always say money in, money out. Yep. Um, we like to, as fast as it comes out, right. <laughs> um, get those grant requests taken care of. Um, so that I think is something unique right. with the company, the way we run it. The other um, thing is um, what it serves. Right. And that really stemmed from seeing these families who were going all over the place. You know with Gracie, when you right. came here, how many different therapies were you doing? Yeah, and Emily was doing uh, five different therapies every week, and she was going to five different places every single week. Yeah, you're just driving all mm -hmm. over, and not only the cost of driving the time that takes somebody away from the ability to work, there's no way Emily could have worked no. and took care of her. Nope. People don't realize that with special needs kids, how yep. much time and work it is. Um, but I wanted to be able to help any of these therapies not covered by insurance. Right. So not covered by insurance. That really is what separates the foundation from other, because there's a lot of foundations that'll cover different therapies, yeah. but usually those therapies are all covered by insurance and they don't cover them if they're not covered by insurance. Right. Um, and I think that's something that stuck out to me. Um, that's where the people need help. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, maybe if your insurance doesn't cover all the cost of something, you know, another therapy step in, steps in, that's great, but you know, the bulk is being covered by insurance. This foundation is set up for those therapies that are not covered at all. It's yeah. all on you. Yes. And, uh, you know, we always say kind of the joke with a lot of these parents is if insurance doesn't cover it, it works. Right. <laughs> and a yeah. lot of times you find they, these families need to think outside the box. Yeah. Traditional therapy often doesn't work with our kiddos. Right. And that is astronomical cost. I've seen families going through sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. And... Mm -hmm literally living in their parents' basement with their kids yeah. trying to survive so they can provide therapy for their kids. Right. We were um, we spent in 2020 $50,000 on therapy and we had insurance but it didn't it didn't cover a whole lot but all those therapies none of those we were still going to go to them but none of those were as effective as hyperbarics which wasn't covered by insurance and intensive yeah. phys, uh suit therapy which wasn't covered by insurance. Yeah. Um, that's what made all the difference in our life. That's why we're here. You know, um, and we wouldn't have been able to continue on if it weren't for the Oxford Kids Foundation. Yeah, the intense therapy. Oh my gosh, with children with CP, mm -hmm. I always joke I want to go gather up all the right. CP kids. You've heard me say that in our discovery session. I remember you saying that. I love treating kids with cerebral palsy. Yeah. I love it because right. it's so successful if you outside the box. Right. When you take the hyperbarics in the intense physical therapy, yep. which is done 
um, five days a week, right. three hours a day, usually at least four weeks. It's intense. It I is. think you started at six weeks. And we were going to try to do eight weeks at first, but then COVID cut us about oh, that's right. a week and a half short. So is what it is. Your parents are seeing these kids yeah. gain so quickly and they want to yep. keep going. But you're hiring a physical therapist one-on-one -on -one to work right. with a child for 15 hours a week. Right. That's a big chunk. Right. And I think that's what it, the suit is amazing. And she gained huge muscle through the oh, suit. Yeah. We had to buy new pants. But to me, it was more the time that was spent. Oh, yeah. I mean, 45 minutes a week. How is anybody oh, yeah. going to, no matter what the condition is, how are you going to get, you know, healing and, and better function or whatever the, whatever the goal is? in 45 minutes a week. You don't do anything for 45 no. minutes a week and get successful at it. No, we don't. Think about if you were working out. Right. You worked out 45 minutes a week. Would you see a change <laughs> one day, 45 minutes? No. No. It's the same with these kids, but I mean, magnified to 100 times because yeah. of the disability they have. Yeah. And so they need that intensity. They need the longer therapy. And insurance doesn't recognize the need. Right. And they don't cover it. So that is an added cost. Um, right. And then we find when they can combine it, like they're doing hyperbarics and often speech therapy. Do you know that when we first opened the foundation, speech therapy was not covered for autism? That blows my mind. A core deficit is speech. Speech. Yeah. It was, it was. To me, that would be, and it may not, but it, that would be one clue into getting an autism diagnosis. It was. To, you know, the, that's one thing that we looked at it for is because Grace is two years old and she's not, completely nonverbal. So what could it be? Let's look down. Oh, it could be autism. autism. You know, yeah. it's one of the things yeah. that we look at. Insurance used to not cover any therapies for kids with autism. And so thankfully we have therapies covered like right. ABA, OT, PT, and speech, which right. is amazing. Most insurances now cover them. But there was actually, I remember giving grants at first and it blew me away. I'm like, wait, they don't qualify for speech therapy when they're nonverbal? Um, so <laughs> that was, those are fun grants to give yeah. away. But we've done everything from hippotherapy, which is therapeutic yep. riding. Oh, I wish we could do that here. I, I love I therapeutic riding. Gracie, um, that was one of her, that was her second favorite therapy was hippotherapy. Oh, her it, first was aquatic, oh, hands yeah. down. You're yeah. not getting around that. She loves the water, so. But yeah, she loved hippo. Yeah, and it's a great therapy. It is. Um, so there's, it's not just money coming here. Some people right. think that. Um, a lot of it does come here just sure. because of the known. Right. And, um, but it's looking at um, so many different therapies that these kids need that insurance just doesn't cover. Right, and they're effective. Absolutely, changing yeah. these kids' lives, yeah. as, as we both know. Right, yeah, we get, uh, that's one of the best parts of my, it's not even a job, but the, a part of the foundation is to be able to write the grants and yeah. to get the email back. You know you oh. touch somebody. Yeah. You know, you write the grant and they're just overwhelmed with how, um, their life is going to change, you know, yeah. you know? Uh, and they start, it, it's awesome. And then, I think though one of the hardest things is for the, the we have a team that reviews yep. the grant applications. And just so we all know, you don't have to be like living on welfare to get a grant. Right. We really are looking for these families who, they're, they're both working, but right. like I heard Dave Strange, that family who helped me, one time said, no matter how much I work, I will never work enough to raise enough money to take care of my daughter. Yep imagine the hear the impact of that I can't make enough money to take care of my daughter right that's hard yep and um, they're working they just having a child with special needs is expensive <laughs> it certainly is 
You know it. Yeah, and we um, and that was when we um, had completed our first two rounds, uh, and we wanted to come back. I remember calling you or telling you, I want to come back. We're seeing so much progress. We're so close to her walking, but I just can't afford it. Yeah. And you said, Andrew, apply to the Oxford Kids Foundation. I said, we've tried the foundations, but I, I, you know, I had a good job at the time. Emily had retired you know, to take care of Gracie. Um, we were making ends meet, but we couldn't afford anything else. Yeah. You know, um, and you said to apply to the kids. We don't work like that. We look at a whole picture. Yeah. Um, and other organizations don't do that. You yeah. know, they look at, okay, how much do you make? Sorry, you're above our income limit. Yeah. Never, how much did you spend? Yeah. I don't understand why that's not a, a, a qualification for anybody, you know, <laughs> giving a grant. Uh, so they make this much, but how much did they spend? That, that we were spending over half our income, yeah. you know, in therapy. So you're right. You can't make enough. Yeah. Now, we're not, if, you know, you're making well enough to take care of it, that's not what the grant is for. Right. But there's so many families who are working who just can't afford it. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to me, um, and I know you you have a very good memory. So without saying, giving anybody away, talk to me about some of the successes that you've seen through the years um, that the Kids Foundation had a huge effect on. Oh. I'm going to do a name because she puts it all over Facebook, so I can. <laughs> and we have it on. Um, if you go to the kidsfoundation.org website, yep. there's videos yep. of our kiddos' parents talking. Um, so um, Nathan Major, like, yep. um, I just love Nathan. I love the parents. Mike and Lisa are amazing parents. Um, he was a twin who um, coded at daycare. And... Mm. Um, huge, huge issue with what happened, but um, looked like he might have had a reaction and um, he had to have immediate brain surgery. And, you know, they literally sent him back as a vegetable. Mm. And uh, I can remember getting him and the parents, when they got the grant, it like, they called me, he was in Troy, like everyone was crying. They said, they have balloons, they have the kids there. They're like, he's starting therapy. They were so excited. The whole family came. I love it. it was like so emotional to see. They were so thankful. Like right. they were celebrating that their their little boy, who couldn't even hold his head up, um, just laid there. And watching him start coming alive and feeding himself and starting to move and starting to walk. So we did grants yeah. for him for years. So you can actually follow his story. Right. Um, you know. Um, Xander, who's yep. now an adult, we actually treated him daily for two and a half years, right? seven days a week. Um, when he came to us, he was told um, he had about two months left to live. He was nine years old, myeloidosplastic syndrome, two failed bone marrow transplants, fully neutropenic, nothing more they can do. Mm. And, um, you know, just thought there was no hope. And right. I can remember telling the dad, I don't think we can help. And what if we make it worse? Like we just didn't have research on myelodysplastic syndrome. If your cells are all broken, are we going to create more broken cells? Right. In other words, um, his dad looked at me and said, he's going to die anyways. And I can remember pulling Xander out of the chamber the first time. Mm. And he looked at me and said, can I do this every day till I die? Mm. I'm like, you can just keep diving. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, didn't know we were treating him for two and a half years. Right. Um, his journey was... And didn't know that he would have played at our our galas. Yeah, just, yeah. Jazz music. Yeah, so you he's know. 
fully, fully recovered, um, had a full bone marrow transplant to the point that he has, his donor was Michael, um, came from Germany, I believe. He has um, Michael's blood type now. Wow. Like he literally, his dad said, you can test his DNA different places and some he's Michael, some he's Xander. Um, on no rejection medication, which is unheard of. Yeah. No meds at all. Full lung capacity. He, he's um, an amazing saxophone player. Yep. Like top in the state. Yep. Um, and brilliant. Going. Oh, where's he going? He's at U of M. Yeah. He, oh, he's he's so smart. But so are his. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he comes from. <laughs> Apple a, didn't fall far. Yeah. Right? <laughs> his parents are brilliant. But um, really being able to treat him for two and a half years. Yeah. It was what a gift, and he has his life back. Right. Fully healthy. Yep. Um, there's so many stories. Just. Um, Little Lukey, I remember him coming in, and I think he was very severe, um, just spinning and yeah. running and just couldn't even process his body space and you know, language, and he wouldn't eat. And um, I can remember just watching him get better and better. Yeah. And we always joke that these kids tend to get, the kids with autism, mm -hmm. it's about two weeks after they treat that they spike. They right. always would do that. It drives me nuts. I'm like, could you do more along your way? Right. Um, and Luke, <laughs> was definitely one who always did that. And just watching language start coming. Yeah. Um, your parents, after treating, calling me saying, you're the only one who's going to understand. My child is in the backseat having an argument with his sibling. If you only know how cool that is. Yep instead of just sitting there not even recognizing somebody's next to you. Right. And there's so many there's so many stories of these kids yep. whose lives have been changed throughout the years. Gosh, it just it's it just makes you happy to think about it. Yeah, and it's um, I've always said, you know, people with um, I guess neurotypical kids, you know, kids that are progressing, you know, neurotypically, um, they'll never understand the joy mm -hmm. that parents of kids with disabilities get when they reach a new milestone. Yeah. You know, parents, it, to us, you know, she's throwing a temper tantrum. She's <laughs> losing her mind and we're excited as can be because yeah. this, this is a new milestone. This yeah. is a new, a new phase. Yeah, that, that's what kids should be doing. Right, which we should have reached three years ago, four years ago, you know. Um, that's fine. You know, they'll never understand those first steps yeah. when, when that happens at five and a half, six and a half, whatever the age was, you know, uh, it means a lot. Um, with Gianna, she had to learn to feed herself again, talk right. like, I can, my dad would actually make her mashed potatoes when we were starting to feed her. And she was just like an infant. You'd put them in and she would stick her tongue out and spit them out. And when she finally was able to hold them in her mouth and right. swallow, or when she was starting to walk again, she started um, hyperbarics in July. Yeah. I think it was July or beginning of August, right around there. and. October 7th, she took her first steps without a cane. And it was literally her like walking, like you know how kids yes, walk like yes. they're gonna crash into something. <laughs> and I, I can still see her walking across the floor. It was on my birthday. I love it. And it was my gift. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't get better than that. And you know she could only take a few steps without falling, but she was getting there. Yep, yep. And you know, these if it wasn't for hyperbarics for her, she wouldn't have got there. Right. And if we relied on what insurance would cover, she wouldn't be here today. No, not at all. Nope. Um, and there's got to be some uh, another way out there for parents, you know, and there is. It's mm -hmm. called the Ashford Kids Foundation. Now, it does only go in the state of Michigan. Yep. Okay. So it has to be therapies in the state of Michigan. There's just too many nationwide requests. Right. 
And should we get requests worldwide? Right, we do. We've so, had a lot, yes. <laughs> so we um, try to keep local support. Yep. And, um, you know, people want to donate. It's pretty, right. oh, right now we've got a matching going on. We do. So uh, for uh, the month of November for Giving Tuesday, which every year we run a, a, you know, a campaign on, Giving Tuesday is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving yeah. on Thursday, and you've got Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday. You know, after we've all spent on all, you know, most <laughs> of our money on, on, on us, on us and others. You know, yeah. And um, uh, we run a campaign, and this year we had um, a donor come to us and say, "Hey, I want to do something different, um, and I will, I will do a sixty-five hundred dollar match for everything up to sixty-five hundred dollars that you bring in for Giving Tuesday." What's really cool is that couple just came here to treat right. in the hyperbarics right. and they saw these kids and these aren't wealthy people no nope. not at all and they volunteer for the gala every year yep. they're just amazing and they give the sixty five hundred dollars to right. help these kids um, i look at the start of who helped me start the foundation who really was active dave and nancy sutherland yes amazing couple mm -hmm. like they everything they did to help me start the foundation I could have never done this without people like them right they have no contact with kids with special needs right like Nancy didn't even know what autism was yep yet they heard the passion and the vision and they worked countless hours Yep. Countless to help. Same this. thing with Cindy. That's what I was gonna say. She was Cindy going doesn't down. have special needs kiddos, you know, but so, every year. But look at Cindy's life. Cindy had uh, a brain injury herself. Right. So she has a traumatic brain injury and she came as a patient. Mm -hmm. She has no kids. Um, she was this fun, outgoing person. <laughs> I love her. She's one of my favorite people. Uh, how could you not love Cindy? Like right. everybody loves Cindy. She's just somebody though who has the most giving heart but kids were not her thing. Right. And yet she was, I can remember when she was treating and starting to help with the traumatic brain injury, she started seeing these families. Um, Nathan was one. I remember yeah. her seeing Nathan and meeting Brianna. And there were so many kids that she got to see. Her heart just melted for these kids. Yeah. And we call her the ambassador. Like right. there is nobody Cindy meets that does right. not know about the Kids Foundation. That's right. She lives now in Marco Island. Yep. Um, and I think the entire island knows about. Oh, for sure, hundred percent. And you, you're not going to get away from Cindy. No, no. She will tell you about it. I don't care if you're in the airport <laughs> or where you're at. But how cool that God gave her such a heart for these kids. Mm -hmm. And these are people who didn't have a connection with special needs kids. Like right. you think it would be parents of special needs. Right. It's not. No. It's these people who just have seen these kids in the need, and they're willing to just give immensely their time, their resources from their heart. Right, right. That's cool. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Um, I love this story um, on how you kind of come to the realization, I'm going to go out of business and not be able to help anybody <laughs> um, unless I find a better way. Uh, and uh, definitely thank you for the Oxford Kids Foundation. Like I said before, we probably wouldn't be here, you know, if it weren't for the Oxford Kids Foundation. So... Uh, for those interested in, you know, helping, um, there's several ways that you can help. We will put a link uh, in the description that will have the Giving Tuesday information. If you wanted to donate to that campaign, that will be spectacular. We're hoping to raise at least $6,500. That way we can get the $6,500 match. Um, and the other thing is, if you're in the area and want to volunteer, we have something for you to do. 
Um, whether it's helping, we have a board, you know, a panel that just, you know, helps decide, you know, grants and goes over all that information or helping out at the gala. Uh, there's serving, there's organizing, there's, we are already working on the gala, which is okay. in May. It's the first Saturday in May. Oh, we've got to tell okay, them go what ahead. the theme is. It's so exciting. We are doing a derby theme. Kentucky, Kentucky Derby. Derby theme. Yep. So we're going to be able to wear big hats. We're going to have everything all around the Derby theme. We've never done a themed one. No. I am so excited. I am pretty excited too. Oh, we uh, have like the funnest things planned. <laughs> I am just like out of my mind with this. It is going to be. It is going to be the best. And yeah. I thought the last gala we couldn't top. Right. This yeah. one is going to be amazing with the Kentucky Derby theme yeah. and all these fun activities. Yeah. That they're going to love it. Leah just finished the um, sponsorship packet. Uh, oh. It looks, have you seen it? I, I saw the draft of it. It looks awesome. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, so if you're interested in volunteering, you know, to help us anywhere along the way in the year, whether it's the gala or the golf outing or anything else that we do, you know, put, uh, we'll have our contact information in the description. Um, and I think that's about all I have for the Oxford Kids Foundation right now. Well, thank you. Yes, thanks for coming. Um, please like and share our podcast. We did break 7,000 subscribers. Yay. Uh, it took us a while to get there, but we're go ready for more. Let's hit 8,000 soon. So, uh, And we'll see you guys next week.